0: run, you can hide, take a walk on the weird side It goes bump in the night, take a walk on the weird side they can't trust the living, it can't kill the dead they can't stop the voices inside it, can't run, you can't hide, take a walk on the weird side
1: Well, welcome back weirdos.
0: Welcome back everybody. I'm Hannah. And I'm Taylor.
1: And together we are
0: weird side Side
1: podcast Podcast. thank you guys so much for coming back for our second official episode um it's been quite an adventure between last episode and now so much has gone on in our lives and the world in general um
0: i'm amazed they came back after all that weird stuff we talked about the first time i know robert and necrophilia and haunted dolls i mean (laughs) that's i think we started pretty powerful
1: Yeah, we sure did. I think those were strong topics to to start off with. And also probably some of our more knowledgeable ones for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're back. Like a cousin we haven't seen in a year. It's good to see you.
1: At the family reunion. Good to see see you you again, again, (laughs) cuz.
0: Just stay a little bit longer this time, please.
1: (laughs) So today we are going to be talking about Erie Islands. Mm -hmm. This will probably be a uh, multiple episode throughout our podcast series type of thing, but
0: it's so weird that just islands themselves just have a lot of weird stuff going on in them and yeah i mean they, they our topics today have various uh things in them but uh most of them have they just seem to be so uh desolate and destructive mm-hmm. i've noticed ever looking out, out after all this stuff
1: and quite dangerous
0: oh very dangerous yeah i don't know why gilligan must have really had a hard time <laughs> when he was on his island
1: or Gullah Island. Gula, What's
0: that from? I don't know that. You don't
1: remember Gullah Gullah Island? No. What? It was a TV show when we were kids, but I always forget I'm a couple years
0: older than you. I was a SpongeBob guy. I didn't see it.
1: Gullah Gullah. I can't even remember. I think that Gullah Gullah was on maybe PBS. Maybe. That might be why I didn't watch it. Yeah. Hey, whoever's listening, what station played Gullah Gullah Island? Because I know I'm not the only one who remembers that show. Someone please comment and let me know what that played on because I know it did.
0: Please, do. I've never heard of it. <laughs>
1: Well, today, we are going to start off, uh, before we dive into our topics, we're going to talk about um, something going on in our community right now. The event actually happened a little over a week ago, but there is a restaurant in Parisburg called Friends and Family Restaurant, Mm -hmm. and it tragically burned down um, in a fire. Thankfully, no one was there when it happened. It was in the early hours of the morning, still nighttime, but... I believe the fire was caused by something in the kitchen. Maybe faulty
0: wiring or something. On the stove or something like that. I'm not entirely sure what it was, but uh, that restaurant has been in this community uh, for as long as I can remember and I've lived here my whole life. And I think everybody can agree that lives uh, where we do, that they have fond memories of this place. And it's really sad that such a pivotal part of our community burned down. So they do have a fundraiser to get it back up and going.
1: Yes, they do. They have a GoFundMe page, which I will be sure to put the links um, to in the description of our podcast episode once it's dropped. Um, Yes, like that. I'm so glad that this uh, that one of the owners of the restaurant put this in there. But you might think like, oh, well, that's horrible that someone's restaurant burned down, but surely they have insurance and they can afford to rebuild it. Well, Maybe that's true to a degree, but like the one of the family owners had put into the post, like that might be true, but we still don't know what else is going to pop up. Yeah. So they do have a GoFundMe page um, just as support, you know, as they're coming along this new stage of rebuilding the restaurant and getting it, you know, back to, I don't think you could ever get something back to the way it ever was after something like this. No, but they're going to
0: try. I they're going like to try gonna to make it bigger and better, but.
1: Yes, but this restaurant, this my best friend Travis, when he comes to visit me, this is like our new spot to go to, and they have, it's just like a a, a mom and pop diner type of place.
0: Well, I know it's definitely like the place to go before uh, football games on Friday nights, and I'm sure anybody else uh, would agree to that statement. Uh, and they have some really good breakfast.
1: Yep, it's the place to go Sunday mornings with Mama and Papa or after church. But they have all kinds of stuff there, mm. like a wide range of stuff and it's relatively cheap too
0: yeah uh, i thought i thought it was
1: yeah me too so anyway um we've been thinking about friends and family and we're going to post the gofundme page so hopefully you know if anyone is feeling extra generous uh maybe you could uh donate Whatever you can. And if you can't afford to donate even monetarily, even just sharing the GoFundMe page, I'm sure would help spread awareness and maybe reach somebody who was able to monetarily donate.
0: A little bit anywhere helps out in in the long go.
1: Yeah. So uh, one bit of good news, though, that's happened since last recording. We, meaning me and Taylor, were actually (laughs) guest starred on our friends' podcast called Steak and Podcast. I mean... (laughs) Steak and sauce.
0: Derek, the uh, Mr. Steel Girl, the uh, funniest, one of the funniest men I know, and one hell of a handsome devil, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a pretty fun time on his podcast, just yeah, talking about spooky stuff and jeepers creepers. And I think I think it was fun. Uh, Antonio, uh, we're going to convince you that uh paranormal's real.
1: Yeah. Antonio, I, you crack me up because you're, you are, I'll be able to be honest, you're a skeptic. Antonio is not really a believer in all of these topics that we generally
0: talk about. I mean, I got to get thrown up in the air and twisted before he's going to believe it. So I guess we're going to have to go do that. <laughs> that <laughs> Just was to say, ha so ha, I told you so.
1: Oh, gosh, that was so funny. But yeah, so uh, we'll also post the link to that in our po- this episode's description in case you somehow missed it by chance and or care to give it a watch uh, it was a really fun time we had an awesome time talking about our spooky weird stuff but also just laughing our butts off
0: and i look forward to part two
1: yes uh, there will be a future part two we did not even well we, i'd say we probably got maybe half of the content covered that we plan to discuss on that episode
0: it's so hard to stay on track with it them. is so, so hard <laughs>
1: yeah and one thing about it though me and taylor both agreed we walked into their studio and we literally looked at each other and we were like we feel like wow. dollar store trash compared no, to no. We the- were like
0: we were like Dollar General, and they were like Target. <laughs> you know, they had like a Starbucks and all this nice stuff. And I was like, God, I feel like white trash. I
1: know it, white trash. Um, also, since I just heard it now, Reese just barked. We wanted to make his presence known. So, if you guys hear the dogs barking somehow in the microphone or in your headphones, we apologize about that. We don't have a professional studio, so. You're we probably gonna, might.
0: Just give <laughs> us some time.
1: Possibly one day, but um, yeah, if you guys are listening with headphones on, you're probably gonna hear background noise, and we do apologize. But we are just still starting off. and we also are still um, trying to navigate recording better and yada yada. So, thank you for your continued patience with that. Before we dive into, we still want to give a another huge thank you to everyone who helped us with our podcast and getting it started. Derek, the host of Steak and Sauce Podcast, who we just talked about. Meredith for designing our logo. She's an amazing, creepy artist. Logan for doing the graphic version of her design and giving us our official logo. And my good friend, Icarus and Holy, for writing our theme song. It is wicked, and I still love listening to it. Mm-hmm. It's just so accurate to our podcast. So, now that we've gotten all that established, let's go ahead and dive into today's topic. Erie Island's. So, there's a lot of islands out there that, and a lot of them, some people haven't even probably heard of, but a lot of these islands are are out there are banned or forbidden to go to.
0: I wouldn't say they were banned, but uh, a lot of the uh, more extreme ones are are definitely banned that I'm sure we'll get to at some point. I know for a fact one of them that we will talk about today is banned. Yes. And for good reason. Very good
1: reason. (laughs) So, the first eerie island that we will talk about is Snake Island. It is exactly what it sounds. It is an island that is literally covered with snakes.
0: Mm-hmm. And not just only just snakes. One of the most venomous, and I said venomous, not poisonous, because a lot of people seem to get that wrong. Uh, venomous implies that uh, when something, it is like a injected venom into you, such as a spider, a snake, or a scorpion, or a, an insect sting. Poisonous is indirect Being poisoned, like eating a poisonous mushroom or a poison dart frog. I notice I see a lot of uh, top tens. People are out there going, most uh, poisonous animals, and it's all venomous ones. Mm -hmm. Am I showing my nerd a little bit? Eh, Probably, but I (laughs) I just had to throw that out there. I
1: love your nerd. It's cute. I love it. I don't know.
0: I promise I'm not trying to be a smart ass. I might have come across that way, didn't I?
1: No, I don't think you did. I think, I think you're I genuinely just telling people, like even myself. I forget that there's a difference between the two.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, the snake that lives on this island, I believe, is the golden lancehead.
1: Yes. Now, before we start talking about the golden lancehead, which is the primary snake on that island, I bet it's the
0: only one. Actually, was it the only? I don't remember them talking. I don't remember ever I seeing think, anything about another snake on that island.
1: Yeah, I think there might be some other ones on there, but yeah. anyway. Um, so Snake Island is also called—I'm probably going to butcher this. I apologize, guys. Iha da Queimada Cam- Grande. <laughs> Sorry, I tried. It's located off a coast in Brazil, so it's a Brazilian island.
0: South Paulo, Brazil, correct? I
1: think I believe so. Yes, okay. um, it's 106 acres total around, um, and. It formed around the last ice age. Now, there's rumors that the island got covered in snakes from pirates trying to bury their treasure and then using the snakes to guard that treasure. And just over time, they just populated. People moved away from the island. But I think that's more of just a rumor from what I have um, researched and learned about the island. It's just it's how it formed from the last ice age. Mm -hmm. And it's rumored to have around one snake per one square meter on that island. Wow. However, there are some uh, questions against that from, from other people who have done research on the island. It might be more like one snake per 140 square meters instead of like one per square meter. But still, um, either way, that's too close for my personal comfort.
0: Well, I remember uh, watching a documentary about it, and they—the uh, documentary people were saying that they would run into a snake every five minutes of walking. Yeah, but we did see Keep that. in mind, when you're walking, that's just a snake that you saw.
1: Exactly, because
0: these snakes blend in very well with the terrain, oh, yeah. so you might have saw one once every five minutes. But is that? How many you actually saw, like, was around you? No, I'm sure there was more. Probably two to three, maybe even four.
1: I know. But side note, I don't think anyone's a good camouflage as Predator, as I learned last night. Yeah, first, time Pre- movie, first time watching that movie. First last night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Get anyway. <to> the chopper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are one ugly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was actually a pretty good movie. But um, side note, sorry, getting back on track here. Um, there may possibly be possibly be 40,000 island sorry islands wow 40 look i even got that number wrong too 400,000 snakes on this island possibly 400?
0: 400
1: 400,000 possibly again this is kind of just rumored i'm sure scientists would probably say that number is quite a bit lower
0: so i thought it was like 4,000
1: you're thinking of the the venomous snake oh yeah I think there are multiple species of snakes on that island, but that one is the Who Cares about
0: the other ones The the, the one I still don't want to be around the the other ones. Kill you? (laughs) I'd
1: still be too scared. But definitely, yeah. So it is home to the golden lancehead pit viper, aka official scientific term, which I'm probably once again about to butcher. Bothrops insularis, I believe.
0: That sounded so nice when you said it. I tried. (laughs) would <laughs>
1: someone be like which country girl is trying to say the name of this snake it butchered it sounds mm-hmm. awful but that's the scientific name we call it the golden lance hen
0: mm-hmm. viper i, I think that what's really interesting about this island is the fact that a lot of people don't really uh, think about this but it's technically i guess we, 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 la, 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 you would <laughs> you would consider an in an uh, invasive species situation. So when you take an animal that's not native to a specific area, like in Florida with the lionfish and the pythons and the anacondas, um, they don't have natural predators there. So they take uh, food from the actual predators there, and there's nothing to really keep them in check. So on that island, the snake is the only if not the only predator, on that island. So nothing really kills them, and they're abundant, and they kind of make it to the point where you can't live on that island. Essentially.
1: So the Golden Lancehead Viper is critically endangered. Um, Really, this island is the only place that they really exist at. Mm -hmm.
0: um which is weird to say since there's so many there i know but it's the only place you can find them
1: right it's all about context like that island is covered in them but we're talking about a small island out of the whole wide world Mm -hmm. and this is the only place that they live so yeah they they are considered a critically endangered species of snake um they are light and yellow brown in appearance Mm -hmm. especially on their belly um and there are between two thousand thousand to four thousand of these specific snakes on this island mm-hmm. but we watched a documentary on this and one scientist thinks that actually it's more like 1500 which is quite a bit the lower
0: dwindling they said that it was yeah and the reason for that is uh, eco uh what, what's the word i'm looking for um eco pirates people that go to the island illegally yes and take the snakes which is very dangerous. It is very
1: <laughs> dangerous because if you were bitten by one of these snakes, you can be dead within one hour. And keep in mind, you're
0: on an island.
1: You're bad. on an island. Like, you're pretty much going to be dead because... Unless you
0: bring the anti-venom with you.
1: Yeah. Um. Mortality rate is 3%. With no treatment, it's 7%. The venom is he- hemotoxic, meaning that it's toxic to your blood, and it attacks your red blood cells. Mm which carry oxygen throughout your body. Now, Um,
0: I wonder how much this snake goes for, because obviously they sell it, I'm assuming, on the black market to people. I mean, obviously this snake is endangered, so obviously I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to pay money for it. We'll get
1: to that. We'll get to that. Back to talking about how dangerous these snakes are, though. Like, you're mentioning how people come onto this island to try to steal these snakes for money. Mm -hmm. Yes, and we're going to get more into that. But to me, I get it. Like some people, people will do crazy things for money. But this snake is so deadly. Like to me, it's not worth it. Um, We talked about the mortality rate. We talked about how long you have to live after you're bitten. Um, If you are bitten, you're obviously going to be in pain. You're going to have some internal bleeding. Necrosis of your muscle tissue, meaning death of your muscle tissue. And let me tell you, as a nurse, folks, Necrotic tissue is disgusting.
0: Yeah.
1: It, it's black, it's dead, and there's no coming back from it. Um, you can possibly hemorrhage in your brain. You can have intestinal bleeding and kidney failure. So these are all things that will will pretty quickly kill you.
0: Yeah. Um, well, an hour—that's
1: yeah. That's pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier too, I think, but they're these snakes' the source of food is our birds, and. That's pretty much it. Like There has
0: to be a lot of birds landing on that island. I mean, I mean it, there has to be. I if know. there's over, like, 2,000 or 4,000 of them, right. they have to have a stable diet.
1: So, apparently, they've evolved to... Their venom has evolved to be extra potent, specifically to kill these birds. And that's because birds is their only source of food.
0: I bet they try to fly away. I bet it's, yeah, it's so supposed like, to kill them extremely quickly. You know
1: what this reminds me of? Like, I know this is going to sound kind of weird, but... If this is true, that their venom has evolved to, like, kill these birds more efficiently, it reminds me kind of how when a mother produces milk for her baby, her breast milk is designed to fit all, of, specifically meet all the needs of her baby. Mm-hmm. So if her baby has something that he or she is lacking on, the breast milk will make up for that.
0: Well, that's just nature. Or help I with. mean, nature, yeah, it's nature. nature just designs animals over time to, like adapt perfectly for what they need
1: yeah and to me that's just that's crazy like and i don't i don't know i'm not going to go into the whole religion aspect of it but to me i don't think that's any coincidence at all and i just think that's truly fascinating but anyway this island having said how deadly they are is close to the safety i'm sorry close to the public for the safety not only for the humans but because of the snakes too Mm -hmm. only the brazilian government can visit they come annually for maintenance of a lighthouse that was built there in 1909.
0: And there was a family that lived on that island. Yes, uh, there originally used to be. And apparently,
1: be. supposedly, so there's rumors um, that this family, that the owners of the lighthouse, the next day, like I guess whenever they installed this lighthouse, like the next day, they were found dead with snake snake bites all over them.
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure those snakes get into the lighthouse. Oh, they I mean, do.
1: We saw in that documentary, like when they changed the battery out of that lighthouse, there was one snake hiding just right underneath the battery.
0: I mean, that's just in general. I mean snakes get in everywhere. I mean, you've seen in Australia when they'll come up through your toilet <laughs> well,
1: I mean they'll get if they want to get
0: in I'm just they'll con- get in.
1: I'm just convinced all the more I I I know that you really do love me because you're going to Australia with me. This audience. Yeah, August. she's dragging
0: me to Australia people. <laughs> <laughs> the most dangerous place in the world. Yes, let's go to Australia.
1: That was his main argument when I was like, Taylor, I'd love to get I want to go on a cruise in Australia. You were like, Uh no. Do you know how many things can kill you over there? And yeah. Am I wrong? You're you're not wrong. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Back to the topic. Um I actually even heard that when the government goes to this island that they have that it is required for a doctor to go with them. Oh yeah, I'm sure it is. Just I'm in case someone brings an anti-venom too. Yeah, just in case someone is bitten. Um,
0: Speaking of which, do you know how expensive anti venom is?
1: I'm sure it's.
0: It's. I, don't quote me on this. Quadruple. Dents. Don't don't quote me on this. I, somewhere between like fifty thousand to like a hundred thousand oh, dollars. Don't gosh. quote me on that. I could. I I a hundred percent could be wrong, but I thought. I saw somewhere where somebody had to get like four vials of it when they were bitten by like a diamondback, and I think each one was like fifty thousand dollars ish.
1: That's crazy to me. That's kind of like the whole concept with the epipen.
0: Well, it's so well. The difference is the the anti venom is hard to make,
1: and that is very true. But like, even though the anti venom and an epipen are two, com- they're two different things. But like, both are life saving. And then, ironically, they come with a heavy price tag.
0: I feel like EpiPens are easier to make than Anti-Venom, though. Right? Yeah, because th- EpiPens like are just
1: be. epinephrine. Yeah, yeah, So, if you go into anaphylaxis, boom, you, you know, you get that shot and you're good. Yeah. But, yeah, Anti-Venom, that requires probably years of researching and having a limited amount of ingredients to make it.
0: Because they have to make it out of Snake Venom.
1: Right. And speaking of that, I was researching this a little bit and I kind of was confused and I didn't know maybe if you knew what it was talking about but so we mentioned that some criminals come onto this island to smuggle the snakes and that is a large part because of the benefits of the venom apparently their venom and as they're researching and studying these snakes the venom from these uh, golden head vipers can help with heart disease circulation and blood clots really yeah, like, I don't, but see, that's what's confusing to me. Like, how can, so if it can kill you, but then also it can help you, maybe it's one of those things where, like, in a very, maybe, like.
0: Well, I mean, that's technically, you could use that with anything because, like, any medicine out there helps you, but too much of one thing can kill you, Maybe it's kind like it
1: fentanyl, like, fit, people use fentanyl, doctors prescribe fentanyl for pain control, but, it, I mean, it is so easy to die
0: from I mean, that's with all. anything, I mean. Just because something's bad doesn't mean you can't turn it into something good. Yeah, uh, it's is it is it weird? Yeah, but is it outlandish? No, I don't think it is. I think that's, I think that's pretty normal, actually.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just when I was reading, I'm like, all I got the impression was deadly, deadly, deadly can kill you, deadly, and well, it can't help with this, this. And this. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's crazy. I,
0: I'm sure they took them years to figure that out with research and stuff.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. But apparently, the payout for these snakes for the smugglers is anywhere between ten to thirty k. Or a snake,
0: and they can kill you in an hour. I don't know if that's worth. Yeah, I'm just saying, is your life really
1: worth 10 to 30k?
0: Like, I really don't know if it's worth it.
1: Yeah, I don't know either.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, they they find their way. But oh yeah.
1: well. Well, either either way, we watched a documentary, um, which was really good, by the way. Uh, about thirty minutes long, but it was. I guess this guy got permission from the Brazilian government to go with them on their annual lighthouse maintenance visit.
0: And he hated it. And he <laughs> hated it. He <laughs> was
1: curious to see what it was like, and he went, and he did I, I, not I, like it. I do
0: have to say, like, for it's a beautiful island. It is. I recommend beautiful. anyone look it up. Like, it's beautiful there, and mm-hmm. it's so weird to think that it's one of the most Dangerful. deadly places on Earth. But I mean, yeah. nature is beautiful, but it's also dangerous, though.
1: Yeah. Which, you know.
0: And then they camped out there.
1: Yeah, they camped out there one night. And I'm like, y'all are freaking crazy. <laughs> Whoops, there went my water. Um, that, to H-2-0. me. <laughs> I
0: couldn't believe they spent the night there. I don't
1: even know why. Why did they?
0: They had to do research. They had to, like, study uh, the length and, like, what the weight of the snakes were. I guess for, like, how they grow. And mm-hmm. probably get some anti-venom while they were there. Take some venom so they could make some more. I'm not really sure.
1: And you notice too, like I I don't have too many experiences with holding snakes, but every time I think of like how they curl back, like all it would take is for them to curl back one good time. Remember, like in Jackass too, with Johnny Knox, and he went in the viper pit with the ball pit, and then he picked up an anaconda ball pit. It's so not yeah. viper; it's anaconda ball pit. And he picked that snake up, and it curled around. But and that, that's bit because him he didn't grab
0: arm. it close enough to the head. If you that's can, gra- true. if you can get a hold of their uh, close enough to their head, they can't you know turn around to bite you um that's because he just didn't grab it
1: gosh see
0: those snakes i i think i think anacondas are way more scary than than vipers in my honest opinion because you know getting bit by these vipers you die in an hour and i'm sure it's a painful awful process but anacondas <laughs> being squeezed to mm-hmm. death and then they like they can swallow you whole like, oh that is so ugh. weird yeah i <laughs> know
1: huh yeah either way um Besides the fact that no one is supposed to be on this island except the Brazilian government, I don't think we will be taking a trip to Snake Island.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Even if they did open it, I couldn't. Like, I'm not even scared of snakes.
1: See, my mom, I don't know if you knew this about my mom, but she is terrified. Really? She literally, if she sees a snake on the other side of the road, it will take her like five minutes straight to cross the road. She thinks like it's just gonna slither and get her. Like she just has a fear of snakes.
0: I wonder why that is. I don't know, but that's just her fear and well people the same way with spiders and I love spiders.
1: I hate spiders, but they're so cute. I think I hate cockroaches more.
0: See cockroaches are disgusting. Spiders are so helpful to the to the ecosystem. Like they're awesome.
1: Speaking of cockroaches, remember when we watched that documentary? Okay, so the night that they spent on that island with all these snakes They're also, at night, all of these nasty, big, thick cockroaches on this island. I don't even know where they came from because during the day, it didn't really show it that much. Hannah
0: 101 uh, does not like cockroaches. I do not. absolutely despises them.
1: I hate cockroaches. They make me just, oh, just... It makes me cringe just talking about
0: it. <laughs> I love about that I bet that's the reason you wouldn't stand there. Not even for the snakes. It's because of the cockroaches. That's what I, I said.
1: Screw it? the snakes. What about <laughs> the cockroach? I ain't because of the cockroaches. But yeah. Snake Island. If you are interested in learning more about it, I highly recommend typing it in on YouTube. Um I can't remember the name of the guy who uploaded that video, but it was it had the um it's about half an hour long and the logo on it was I think Vice V I C E. Yeah, it was Vice. Yeah, it's really good. So anyway, Snake Island, the first island mentioned in our Erie Island series. Also,
0: it is I think you did say It, it is banned.
1: So. Yeah, it, it's banned. Don't please it, don't it try to go to Snake banned.
0: Island. You cannot go there legally.
1: You legally cannot go there. Um and also it you know, just for the you know, fear of your life, also <laughs> uh, it it really is banned. So unless you want to get into some trouble with the Brazilian government, yeah, don't don't go try to visit Snake Island. What's our next island we're going to
0: talk about? Our next islands... Oh, islands. Yes, oh. are
1: the Coconut Crab Islands. Oh. So, I'm going to start with the first Coconut Crab Island. Is the most probably well-known island mm-hmm. with the whole association with coconut crabs. And I'm going to probably butcher the name of this island. Okay. Okay. All <laughs> right. I'm taking a breath to try to say it. a little it. bit...
0: If you pronounce it wrong, there's going to be some judgment here. There is going to be...
1: Okay. Maruru Atoll slash Island. N i k u m mm, a r o r o. Nikumaroro. Nikumaroro. I think that is how you say it, hmm. but I'm going to get to this in a second. But I just call the island Amelia Earhart Island.
0: That it, now, that hasn't been proven yet. It's not it's proven. A, it's, it's, a a, it's a
1: theory. I'll get to that. Just we'll, a minute, we'll, we'll get
0: to that. I think what we need to talk about first is why they call it Coconut Crab Island.
1: Yeah, I will get to that. So I'm going to start off by talking a little bit about the stats on the island. Uh-huh. So it's another tiny island. I think it's smaller than the one than Snake Island, but it's 4.7 by 1.6 miles mm-hmm. total. It's pretty small. Not too big. It's a thousand miles from Fiji, and it's located between Australia oh, and <laughs> Hawaii. It is a coral reef island. Ooh. Yes, it's actually also part of the Phoenix Islands Protected Area. What's that mean? I think it's more of like, I think it's something to do with an economical protection type of thing. Hmm. I think maybe for the coral, or maybe uh, because of the crabs. Is. I don't know. Um, but it is home to the coconut crab, which is the largest land crab.
0: If anybody has never seen these these motherfuckers, oh, oh my god. So
1: the coconut crab is considered, just like the golden head viper, an endangered species it is they are found in tropical indo-pacific islands meaning kind of like the the countries i mentioned earlier kind of over in that area um i know that you're going to know this cuz you're a nerd <laughs> love you but they're considered anthropods.
0: what do you think oh, about that i automatically that? know what that is <laughs> i automatically will you write that it's like when arthropods are things such as like shrimp crabs lobsters I could be wrong about all these. (laughs) I might even be wrong. I think think Uh, you're right. Not sea urchins. What are they called? Um, I can't remember what they're called. They live in the ocean. Uh, Basically, sea insects is what I would call them. I think that's what most people... They're pretty... I think they're close to insects, but not exactly. Yeah. Um... These crabs.
1: These crabs are freaking huge. They're so freaking
0: huge. They, now, have you seen the picture of the one, and it's on someone's trash can? On the trash can? can. Now, like a trash can you put outside on the curb.
1: It takes up almost the whole trash up, can. It's, all,
0: now, it's not as big as a trash can, but it's, it's not as big as, as a trash can. It
1: is between 8.8 to 9 pounds, and it's 3 feet across.
0: 3 feet across. 3 now, feet. Now, there are bigger crabs out there, like the Japanese spider crab. You ever seen those things? No. Now, they live... I i think they live at the either in the mariana trench maybe i can't remember exactly where they live they're down very low in the in the ocean and they are ginormous like their legs are like six feet long
1: I, you know i think that would be a good future episode is the mariana trench
0: Definitely. Oh gosh! Yeah. I love. I love watching videos at night of all at the sea creatures uh, down Mariana there. We'll, we'll get there one day. Creepy. Now these crabs.
1: Yeah, these crabs can carry up to six times their own weight. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm thinking of comparisons. Ants can carry. I can't. I don't know what the number is, but ants can carry so much more than their mm-hmm. own body weight, mm-hmm. and. You know, you wouldn't think that about a tiny little, like tiny little bug, teeny tiny. But
0: nature is, is Nature
1: amazing. is amazing. And again, I just don't think it's any coincidence. But anyway.
0: What's what's, what's really cool about these crabs, now they call them coconut crabs because obviously so, they do eat the coconuts yes. on the island.
1: So they're, supposedly their claws are so strong that they can break a coconut. Mm. So these crabs can also climb trees.
0: Well, they'd have to be to get to the coconut. Yeah, they'd have
1: to to get the coconut. But there have been reports that they have climbed as high as 33 feet. They come back down by dropping. So, like, they climb up the tree, and then they just drop. That's how they come back down. And they can survive a fall of at Free least 15 falling, feet. Free lemma. falling. Free falling. <laughs> Free <laughs> falling. But anyway, they can um, survive at least 15 feet without getting hurt. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's probably uh, because of their shell.
1: Yeah, that that very well could be. That,
0: that exoskeleton that they have is it's very strong. That just kind of
1: cracks me up, though. Can you imagine putting all this effort into climbing? I'm just saying... Screw it! I'm not (laughs) climbing down. Let me just drop.
0: That one's going (laughs) to drop. You know, uh, they—they obviously their main source of food is the coconuts on the island, which they eat the uh, innards of. But they also,
1: yes,
0: they are uh, herbivores because they eat the coconuts. But they also. Eat meat, whatever they can get their hands on. So uh, seagulls. Now they no their sense of smell. Is I was getting ready to say that incredibly strong. They have
1: an, an excellent sense of smell. So
0: when a crab goes into a tree and finds a resting seagull, and it breaks it, the first thing it does is breaks its wings with its with its claws. Yeah, like that just tears it apart. Draws blood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Apparently, uh, all the other crabs within miles of the place will start heading that way because they can smell it and they'll yeah. start coming for and they've been known to eat whatever they can get their hands on unfortunately leads us uh, into... pets that live on the island yeah. are not safe seagulls i think are well no one lives nice.
1: on this island but but yeah you're right though there have been re- birds are the primary other thing
0: i heard a story about a cat
1: i did too but
0: i didn't know that i was just
1: getting confused
0: i'm sure people live on this island it's not banned
1: i thought it was
0: Obviously, if they have trash cans on the island, somebody has to be there.
1: Yeah, but this island in particular is not the only island with coconut crabs. That's what I'm saying.
0: Like, I'm just talking about the crabs in general. Oh, like, yeah, you were, weren't, were you? They live.
1: Uh-huh. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> just making assumptions. <laughs> this island, nobody lives on. But these crabs uh. are not the only island that they live on.
0: Yeah, let's just talk about the crabs.
1: Oh, yeah. My bad. Sorry to get you confused, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: So they'll, they'll eat whatever they can get their hands on.
1: Which leads us into the conspiracy. The so, there's been reports that they also have a taste for dead humans.
0: Well, do you blame them?
1: So, humans are their only predator.
0: See, no, we don't eat them. I don't think so. I think they're poisonous. I mean, I if we wouldn't eat them. them. I don't I'm pretty so. sure. I think they're they're something in their either skin or something and there's toxic and we don't eat them
1: see i didn't read anything like that on there i don't
0: i could have swore i saw something about that that's why we don't eat them
1: well either way i don't want to be near one personally but
0: (laughs) i kind of do
1: but there have been reports like you said though um small animals and birds but they're they've also eaten pigs which i'm going to talk about a study here in just a minute but it's also rumored that they have eaten other corpses of dead coconut crabs even their own exoskeletons, which oh, yeah. is another word for their shells. But there's a rumor that dead human is another thing that there, they go after. There is a theory
0: out there. Um, I don't think it's been proven yet. I it's think definitely they're working not on it.
1: So let me go. Let me just dive into the Amelia Earhart theory. Okay, so for those of you don't who don't know or have never heard of her, Amelia Earhart is a pilot, a female pilot who was like the first woman to fly airplanes or helicopter... Pla- what was the correct term? Planes? I don't know if she
0: was one of the first, but I think she was one of the first professional... Professional ones. Uh, I think she flew over either the the Pacific or the Atlantic Ocean by herself, if I, I, I could be wrong. <laughs> it's been a while since I learned I know. It I should have touched like, up a little bit better, but this but was
1: back in, like, what, the 1920s? 20s
0: to 30. 30. Well, hold on. Flight was invented in the 20s, so I think this is 30, 40s, 30s, 40s the 30s, okay. Um, so she was one of the first to do either the Atlantic or the Pacific. I can't remember. But she went missing because she was going to do around the world. Mm-hmm. And she went missing at some point. Now, there's a theory.
1: Right. So, she flew out of New Guinea in July of 1937. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, then, yeah, it we'll would be in the 30s. Yeah. in attempts to travel the world via airplane. Her intended destination was Howland Island. It's somewhere near Nikumararu Island, which is approximately about 400 miles away from her destination, mm-hmm. this island that we're talking about. But she never made it. So she's believed to have gotten onto the island from a plane crash. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was a malfunction with the plane. I don't know if she ran out of gas. I don't know what happened. I think they
0: had scheduled gas refuels, but she might have went down at some point. She went,
1: yeah. Obviously. She never made it to her destination. And so there's some conspiracies that she got on this island from the plane crash, and she was either dead or seriously injured. One yeah, of the two the
0: crabs found
1: her. The crab, and there's rumors and theories that the crab found her. I think so they a skeleton on the, the researchers found a fractured skeleton on the island, stated to be torn apart limb from limb. Around the remains, they found a women's shoe, airplane pieces, cosmetics. Side note. I've seen somewhere else that this cosmetic was supposed to be a freckle cream, and that's important because Amelia Earhart used a freckle cream.
0: She had freckles?
1: She had freckles. She was, I think she was a ginger. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But they also found other navigation items, too. Mm-hmm. So, you found human remains and all these other objects around it. I mean, if you put two and two together... It's possible. kind of seems like it might have been Amelia Earhart. It, it could have been. I mean, so, it, it might have
0: just been... Well, even if it's not, it proves that they'll eat... They'll whatever eat whatever they yeah. can get their hands on.
1: So, in 2007, there was a study that scientists did where they placed a pig carcass where in that area where their remains were found. The crabs crawled out. I think this happened at night. The crabs crawled out from the ground and tore that carcass to shreds. And then they took the leftovers and drugged them back down underneath the ground. And they ate the flesh. I don't think they ate the bones, I think they ate the flesh. And ultimately, though, the testing of the remains that they found originally were inconclusive, and scientists no longer have access to them for further DNA testing. So, hence why it's a conspiracy. Was it Amelia Earhart? Or was I think it not? It's possible. I'm going to be honest. I, I believe this one. I really do think so.
0: Could be.
1: Yep. Remember, I actually made a TikTok when I first got TikTok. That was one of the first <laughs>
0: She found a picture of Amelia Earhart in a mall. It was like, sorry, you got to <laughs> eat my coconut crabs.
1: I made that one. And then I made a, a meme. I was like, I'm going to hell for this. But I took some pictures of Amelia Earhart and put the crab rave with it with the coconut <laughs> crab. <laughs> I know. It probably seems really disrespectful. But um, you gotta have a laugh jokes aside from it, though, that if that really did happen, that is isn't. Awful way to go. I hope she
0: wasn't alive. Like I, I really hope she was did, dead already. Can you imagine? Like not only uh, crashing in a plane. I'm sure her. She wasn't the only one. I think there was somebody in the plane. I
1: think with her. so, but I didn't really hear too much about him.
0: Uh, if she did live that crash, and you're like, I'm sure she had to have some broken bones, some other stuff. Oh from that yes, crash.
1: she'd be seriously, injured, probably and close to death.
0: Like you're literally like crawling and you look up and you see a three foot long crab and like multiple, multiple. Yeah, and they just start ripping. Mm. A horrible that's way, to go. a way to go. Be an awful way. That's
1: like out of a horror movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's just frightening. But oh, yeah. guys, yeah, definitely. Um, there's actually another island I'm going to talk about too, pertaining to the coconut crab. Um, but y'all really need to look up a picture if these. you're interested in this. Island in theory. Again, I, I've already said the name of the island, Nikamororu. but Nikamororo. I could just call, it, I just call it the Amelia Earhart. It like
0: a wonderful name for a song. real I,
1: really, I think so too. But I just call it the Amelia Earhart Island. But if you're interested, definitely look up some I think again Kendall Ray I believe does a video on this and I'm always going to reference her because she's amazing she does a great job of going awesome, over awesome
0: Kendall she, I'll just have to say it
1: she she is awesome she goes over all these um, she's done a lot of conspiracy videos and a lot of true crime and she is not biased in her she goes over like the whole thing so yeah you, you'd find out a lot more information if you went online and specifically look for her video but anyway Um, There's another island, hopefully I'm going to say this right, I don't think it's as hard to say as the other one, but Makidia Island. It's part of the Tuamatu Archipelago Polynesia. So this, I think, is nearby, but it's 4.5 miles across total, and people actually do live on this island. Not very many, but some do. Oh, that was a Roxy bark. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Roxy just barked in the background. She is our daughter, our fur daughter. Um, from 1908 to 1966, the purpose of this island was to export sand. And the sand was rich in phosphate, for, and they used it for agricultural purposes, pharmaceuticals, and weapons. Mm. So that's primarily the purpose of that island for, from that time frame. And it was also a mining area.
0: What did they mine?
1: I don't have a, the first clue. I'm not sure. <laughs> and I probably should know that, but I don't know. But I've seen like pictures of this island and the article that I read about this, the pictures on it were, and I need to link this in the description because the, the pictures on it were just phenomenal. Very, very well documented.
0: Why is it the dangerous islands are pretty? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I've noticed that too. But um, at that time though, the population was around three thousand people, but now only about eighty people live on this island. And that's a
0: huge difference. Do you think their tender down there is working pretty well with eighty people?
1: Um I would say probably not. You can only
0: swipe left a few times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um coconut crabs also live on this island and they are called um from natives on that island Kabu. Just that's what they call coconut crabs over there. Kabu.
0: Kabu. Kabu.
1: Yeah. Um so people on this island actually hunt the crabs for income, because and because they're hunted from these people, their conservation status is a little unclear, but it doesn't seem like a lot of money at all, but to them, it's their only source of income, but...
0: What would you sell them for?
1: Just, I don't know, but five average size crabs can earn you around $50, or in other words, $10 a piece for an average-sized okay. coconut crab. I don't know why someone would sell a coconut crab. I don't even know why someone would want to get near a coconut crab. I don't know. But this island is also another one that is known to have coconut crabs on it. Mm-hmm. And how humans could live on the same island as these coconut crabs, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea. I guess, like, if you – because I think these crabs come out at night, like normal crabs. You know? I, I'm
0: pretty sure they're nocturnal.
1: Yeah, because when you go to the beach – I even get scared of crabs on the beach. But if you go on the beach, you don't really see crabs come out until the nighttime when you're taking a, a walk on the beach. They'll come out from underneath the sand. And I think it's the same case with these coconut crabs. But I don't I guess like if you live there, you would have to just stay indoors at nighttime. I mean that's what I would do. I would not go outside after a certain amount Maybe they don't, I don't know. Yeah, a certain amount of time I just I don't know. But yeah, this is an example of one where they actually coexist together. But y'all really need to Google coconut crab. And you'll probably, one of the first results will probably be the picture with the crab on the trash can. And it's just mind-blowing. So, anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so those were our first couple islands that we mentioned now. And now we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back momentarily. Take a walk, and we'll be excited. Do you like supporting local businesses?
0: I know. I do.
1: I do, too. And with that being said, we have two local businesses that we'd like to promote on our podcast. Is
0: it time for a product plug?
1: Yes, it is. I'm so glad you asked. What are we doing? Our first business that we'd like to give a shout out to is Grace Upon Grace Creations.
0: Grace on Grace Product Plug. (laughs)
1: Um, Grace Upon Grace is a business that my coworkers Morgan and Olivia started. Um, They're basically like an at-home boutique and... They are awesome. I love their products. I love their business. And I just love, I've had the honor to see them grow since they first started their business and to where they are today. Um, They make things like stuff you're not going to find in the everyday store. Their most latest product that they've been working on is their clothing line. They make sweaters, long sleeve, short sleeve, t-shirts, slippers even. They have really do they been. They have my size though. They, I'm so glad you asked because they carry sizes small through four XL.
0: Are you kidding me?
1: I am dead serious, and I am so glad to see that. And they do keep well stocked in the plus size clothing. Um, so glad to see that because that's usually the problem. Plus size women cannot find the clothing that they need readily available. I mean, they can, but you have to special order, or oh, that's yeah, or you know, they just don't have it. Period. But no, Grace Upon Grace has all beautiful bodies covered. They have the cutest t shirts, sweaters, long sleeve shirts. The slogans on them are so adorable. I even saw a couple of skull designs on them.
0: And we love skulls.
1: Yeah, on a couple of them. And they were cute. But they have seasonal shirts that they came out with. So the most recent one would be Easter. And I saw a couple of them that were, they're so cute. There's one that says Honey Bunny on it it's just so adorable but my favorite easter shirt that i saw that they posted it made me think of one of my favorite movies pulp fiction it says on the shirt be cool honey buddy That makes me think of that scene in the diner when the couple's trying to rob the diner. But Samuel
0: L. Jackson and John Travolta have their guns out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the girl's like freaking out because she thinks her husband's going to be killed. And Samuel L. Jackson's like, tell her to be cool. He goes, be cool, honey bunny. And she's like, yeah, she's like all hysterical. But it's, I loved it. Um, So I thought that was cool. I've never seen a shirt that says that on it. And if there is one out there, I've never seen it. Um, They have a lot of lifestyle quotes on their shirts. So like mom life or wifey pet dog mom stuff like that it's it's really cool and very personable a couple of slogans that i've seen on their shirts that i really liked one i thought was hilarious it says low-key bougie on it <laughs> i love that like you like you were saying earlier um only for food though so well, i'm
0: only bougie for food
1: Yep, so we came up with a new sl- slogan if they want to use it. Just saying, you can you can use it. Just shout out Weird Side Podcast on the side, but we got one. Bougie for foodie. Bougie for foodie. <laughs> I love that. There was another one that I liked that said love like Jesus. That's something we should all go by. Mm-hmm. I love that.
0: WWJD. <laughs>
1: They have one that says overstimulated mom's club. And I'm sure a lot of moms feel that way. They have
0: a lot of cool shirts. Yeah.
1: And my favorite mom shirt that they have, which I'm only a dog mom right now. But if I have the privilege of being a mom, hopefully carry your babies for you one day.
0: One day. One day. I'm ready, woman.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm going to buy this shirt and it's going to say freestyle this whole mom thing. So I love it. They have something for everybody there. That's just their clothing line, though. They have recently, they've been working on car coasters, and they even have car freshies, which we've talked about before.
0: Monkey farts. (laughs)
1: <laughs> they have the list of scents they have is almost endless. And they have one scent on there we talked about it last time but it's so funny. It's called monkey farts and I hear it smells good, but I've never smelled it myself. Do you
0: think it smells like bananas?
1: It probably I bet it does. I don't know, but it's so funny. Um, we have tried the fresh linen and the cold brew coffee smell or sorry, freshly brewed coffee smell and both of them smell amazing. Uh, they also make tumblers, snow globe tumblers. And those are also really cute. They get little slogans on there and they glitterize it and it they look amazing. But so you're are, telling
0: me I can still have my Tumblr and look fabulous? Yes,
1: absolutely. While you're sipping your cold brew from Sugar and Flour, which we're getting ready to shout out to next. Product plug. <laughs> but um, if you decide that it is time to treat yourself and you want something from Grace Upon Grace or something just cute for you, if you go to Grace Upon Grace, look through their products and you find something you like, and you place your order to them. If you use the promo code WEIRDSIDE, they will give you 15% off your order. Now, that is pretty cool.
0: hmm Yes, yeah, so... You're me I can look fleek oh. and get a discount? You said fleek. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, absolutely you can.
0: But well, what if I'm thirsty and I want to do that?
1: <laughs> you can go to Sugar and Flour, which we'll talk about in just a second. Um. um But yeah, I thought that was really cool that they were willing to work with us on that. Um, And they, it's perfect. So if you want to go and splurge on yourself, and you don't have to feel bad about it, because not only are you supporting a local business, you are also getting a discount as well, if you use a weird side.
0: That's two bonuses.
1: That is two bonuses. So yeah, check them out. Grace Upon Grace Creations. I will put their link in our description on the episode. If you find something you like, send them a Facebook message for your order and use the word "weird side" for fifteen percent off. Our next business that we will be giving a shout out to is Sugar and Flour, located in downtown Parisburg. Sugar and Flour is a bakery and coffee shop, and it is amazing. It's amazing. Yes. Um. So they, I know the woman who owns the shop and is she just. Is such a nice person. I used to work with her when I was a home health aide. And even back then, she would bring in baked goodies that she's made. And everyone would look forward to them because they're just so delicious. And she's always had a dream to have her own shop. And I'm just so proud of her to see her reach that goal and dream. So and,
0: she's living her dream
1: now. Yeah, and just see her flourish and, and thrive. And one thing I love about Sugar and Flour is that she also promotes other businesses too around our community. It's like, you know, she's reached this success and she's doing amazing, but she still hasn't forgotten about those other local businesses too. So she does from time to time, she'll do a raffle. So like if you go into Sugar and Flour and you you buy your little salty cold brew, um, you can put your raffle ticket into a winning for a gift card for other local businesses around town or even for a sugar and flour gift card or sugar and flour apparel. It's, it's just awesome stuff. And I I really admire her for doing that. Um, She also has events that she does throughout. I mean, it's not on a weekly basis, but it's pretty, pretty often. Like this week was Read Across America week. So on Tuesday, she, it was thing one and thing to Tuesday. So she had to buy one, get one free tea. And then Wednesday was Wacky Wednesday, which was ten percent off her white chocolate mocha. There uh excuse me. Friday was redfish, bluefish. She had fifteen percent off her spicy avocado toast, which I have not tried yet. I
0: haven't tried that yet either.
1: Sounds like I mean I'm a little like I'm not real crazy over avocado, but I would still try it. I'm not. I'd still try it though. But um, and then today, Saturday was Sam I am Saturday. So today we actually went to the Sugar and Flour and got some breakfast and some goodies. But she had story time at ten o'clock, and then she had crafts at ten thirty. Which, that being said, Sugar and Flour is a very kid friendly place, and I also admire her and respect her for that because people feel comfortable bringing. You know, it's like you don't see very many people bringing their kids into Starbucks because Starbucks has that kind of vibe where adults are going in there. They're drinking their coffee and they're studying. But Sugar and Flour, while they do have people who go in like that, she didn't forget about the kids either. So she's got like a little kitchenette in her shop, like a little kid area where they can play and stuff for them to do. And I love that. I mean, with that being in mind, though, I mean, it still is a coffee shop. So, you know, it's not completely kid themed, but it it is kid-friendly. She does friendly. Have things for them to do. Yeah, she does things for them, too. And I just, I love that about
0: her. She also has some, like, some nice little treats for kids as well. Like, the little juice pouches and stuff. So, yeah, kid can get something.
1: Yeah. So, um, her menu, she had, on her drinks, she has teas, coffees, both hot and cold brews. And she has frappes, hot chocolate. For food, she has weekly breakfast items. And some, some are daily. But, for example, this morning me and Taylor got the bacon, egg, and cheese Gouda croissant, and it oh, so good, so good. Um, and today, since it was her themed week for uh, basically Dr. Seuss themed, she had green eggs and ham breakfast with biscuits and gravy. It is—I just thought it was so cute.
0: Do you think that tasted good?
1: Um, I—I I didn't try it, but I have no doubt that it did. I hope it did. Yeah, me too. I just thought that was really cool. She did that, but she also has events and catering. So, if you like want to throw a party and show off all your Grace Upon Grace Foundation and Creations gifts, you could hit Sam of Sugar and Flower and rent out her room. She's got like a it's a large enough space, and she's also got like a photo prop area where the really pretty backgrounds you can get like professional looking pictures done as you sip your Sugar and Flour cold brew, showing off your Grace Upon Grace Creations little goodies that you got
0: little goodies
1: yeah but sugar flowers open on tuesdays wednesdays fridays and saturdays and her store hours are listed on her facebook page as well as her daily menu items and her weekly menu items i will also post the link for her facebook page below in our episode description well we hope you we hope you enjoyed listening about our local these local businesses product plug (laughs) and hope that you give them a checkout and without further ado we will get back to our show
0: are you sure you're ready? <laughs> I'm HBO positive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome back to a Weird Side Podcast.
0: Welcome back, everybody.
1: <laughs> I was trying to catch him in the middle of saying something sassy, but I think he caught on that I was recording. I'm sassy
0: with that fat assy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I just had a. He's this cutie over here because we realized that um, partially through the first part of the episode, he started to echo really bad.
0: It's because I'd I, I have to like stretch and I'd lean back a little bit because I'm tall. So I have to lean down for my mic. And-
1: oh my gosh. I literally said just talking it like a normal person. He's like, this is normal, but I do constantly forget that you're six foot three and so much taller than me and most stuff is designed for shorties like me. <laughs>
0: Is that why you're shoving me on an airplane to go to Australia in a very small, confined space for hey, if I could 15 af- hours?
1: If I could afford first class, I definitely would get us the first class. I know you would. I know you would. But I personally don't have 20 grand to drop, so.
0: That's fair. I'll give you that.
1: I'll let you put your legs in my lap if you want.
0: <laughs> Hopefully if there's nobody else sitting with us.
1: You know, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, You know how in the seats it's usually three in a ro- per row? Mm-hmm. I really hope we don't get stuck with another person. And it's no offense to that person, but oh, it is.
0: I'm a, I don't. I don't want you to sit beside me. No offense, but
1: like we're go we're gonna be fidgeting on that plane ride. So not Yeah, that's true. But geez, it would just be amazing if it was just me and you in the row.
0: That would be amazing. Oh, I know. Could share the middle seat. Yes, that'd be nice.
1: Yeah. So, um, welcome back to Weird Side Podcast. We are now going to be talking about the third Erie Island. Eerie Island. Erie Erie Island.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this one, unlike Bikini Bottom that you were just referencing, uh, is uh, got a little bit more of a darker story to it. Um, I know the first two we were talking about had to do with animals, but this one uh, doesn't, by the way. And if anybody wants to learn a little bit more about this episode, uh, Mr. Ballin on YouTube did a wonderful uh, storytelling of this and it was amazing so uh he i think he tells stories probably he's, a little bit better than i would he's do. a good storyteller he is he's so good he is he's so good but i definitely wanted to talk about it because like no one i never knew this story until he pointed it out to me and it is mind-blowing
1: and i didn't know about it till you told me about it
0: i know so our story actually starts in world war Two. Um uh, during the island hopping campaign when America was trying to work in their way towards the Japanese mainland. This story takes place on Chichu. I hope I, I, hope I can pronounce this right because it's a little hard to pronounce. Too. It's better than what I said I it was. I gave you shit earlier for pronouncing <laughs> something. This was hard to pronounce too. Chichojima Island.
1: Pretty good. I said Chich- Neutrogena Island.
0: <laughs> Ch- Chichojima Island. Uh, <laughs> it's off the uh, coast of the mainland of Japan. 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 And this island was a key part of the Japanese Army communications because they had two radio towers on this island. Mm-hmm. And America had to knock that out to get them a, a serious advantage in the war. So for months, they sent air raids trying to bomb them uh, because a uh, sea uh, land and sea invasion would be too hard because the Japanese – the uh, Casualty rates would be extremely high because uh, the Japanese believed the greatest thing to do was to die in battle, and they they did not surrender. You
1: did teach me about that. They
0: do not surrender.
1: I didn't know that until you told me.
0: So they started doing air raids. Well, the the Japanese were amazing at repelling those air raids, and they managed to keep those uh, towers intact for a long time. So uh, America was back trying to do another raid. And our story is about a um, pilot— in the Navy and he was the youngest pilot in the Navy at that time. He was only twenty at the time.
1: Wow. And it wasn't
0: his first time. He had done many battles before that. His name was George.
1: That makes me feel like I was literally nothing at twenty years old. <laughs> you remember when you're like a teenager and, and you're like,
0: We're sitting here at twenty five and twenty seven barely building bird houses and these people are literally <laughs> like shout out, blowing shit up. Woo. Yeah. Anyway, So, um, George was tasked to doing this and he wasn't the only one in his plane. He had, um, I think it was his radio guy. I think his name was Dell and his gunner, which was, his name was Ted. Um, so that morning they set off to bomb these two towers and they couldn't just fly straight over there. They had to fly above a certain altitude because the anti, uh, Air uh, rifles would hit them by a certain point. I mm-hmm. think it was like six thousand, maybe eight thousand feet. Dude, you'd be dead. What?
1: Like if something? I'm sorry. If something fell on like near you or on you at like six to eight
0: thousand feet? No, 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 no. The the so the Japanese had guns that could shoot planes down, but they only had a range of about six to eight thousand feet. So if oh. you were flying above that, they couldn't hit you.
1: Okay, I just flipped it around in my head, like vice versa. Like, gotcha, gotcha.
0: Accurate. So, uh, what their their task was was to fly over the island, drop down to eight thousand feet, drop the bomb onto the radio tower, and then hopefully leave unscathed.
1: Simple enough, right?
0: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, in theory, uh, they went, they dropped, and immediately they got they were getting shot at, uh, pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And, um, all three of them noticed that their plane was immediately hit. uh machine gun fire but uh they managed to actually bomb one of the towers which was a success so weirdly enough and this is going to sound even better on george george had already been shot down before and lived okay wow so this is his second time so he knew what to do in that scenario he has experience Mm -hmm. And he learned if you get shot down, you fly as far away from the enemy as you possibly can because then they'll get some
1: time. Yeah.
0: And probably being captured by the Japanese in World War II would be an awful thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, That's a little scary.
0: So he knew to fly as long as he possibly could away before that his plane was going to crash. And because of that, he actually uh, managed to get away. Unfortunately, I think the other two did die in the crash because they didn't jump in time. Yeah. But he managed to get away. And weirdly enough, uh, when he crashed, their lifeboat that was on the plane managed to have somehow surfaced and he got on it. Wow. And, was that a coincidence? Um, I don't think so. With the Americans now coming in more and more, he actually managed to escape uh, getting captured by the Japanese and was rescued. There were other planes that were shot down that day that didn't know that. So when they saw their planes on fire and they did that task, they immediately bailed. And when they, assuming, fell into the water, the Japanese came and got them. Mm -hmm. Now, nobody knew what happened to, I believe there was eight of them that were scooped up by the Japanese that day. Nobody knew what happened to them. And the government found out what happened to them and covered it up. Because they didn't want... And I don't, honestly, I kind of don't blame them. I kind of don't blame them.
1: I'm hearing you out.
0: what happened to these people. And because it would be really hard to tell their families, like, what truly happened to them. I think it's better mm-hmm. to tell them they died honorably than to have to tell them what happened to them, which we'll get into. But.
1: Yeah, I was going to say what really happened to them.
0: Uh, the only reason that we know what happened is because there was a reporter that, uh, went through some Guam, um, trial transcripts for Japanese soldiers that were charged with war crimes.
1: And he went through it and found
0: out what really happened to them.
1: This is not going to be good. I can just tell.
0: Uh, So um, obviously the eight men were scooped up, brought back to the island. Um, Now, now I'm not justifying what they did, but think about it from the perspective of a Japanese soldier. Your goal is to win, right? Mm -hmm. You've been on this island. You are constantly getting bombed by the americans Which do you think they really liked us no no they hated our guts right so now they have eight soldiers on their island that have no protection have nothing whatsoever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the one of the commanding officers i think his name was Tachibana. i'm sorry if i mispronounced that i apologize i think his name was Tachibana. uh apparently he had an alcohol problem Um, and some other problems but he was a commanding officer on that island and they took um one of the guys i can only remember this guy's name his name was marv melvin marv i think i can't remember Mm -hmm. um they tied him to a tree and he encouraged all of his soldiers to come up and beat marv all day. poor
1: marv damn
0: for all day i think they went up and they beat him all day Well, at the end of the night, they untied Marv, Mm -hmm. and they took him to a grave that they had dug. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'd be scared to death just uh by that. And standing beside that grave was a Japanese soldier, and he was holding a sword, a katana. And... They asked, I guess they, which is pretty, I think this is, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of a bad scenario, but this is pretty cool. They let him smoke a final cigarette before what they were going to do, and apparently Marv smoked it very calmly and slowly, like just
1: Dude, I would be like chilling. Parkinson's disease shaking. I'd be so scared.
0: Because he knew what was coming.
1: Like, yeah, you're, you're getting ready to take your last breath.
0: Mm-hmm. And once he was done, they beheaded him.
1: Oh and my gosh. With that sword? Put him in that grave. With that sword?
0: With the, Yeah, they cut his head off with the, with the sword.
1: Is this like the same sword Do you know how what's that practice called where it's like a self form of suicide? Yeah, I know but, what you're talking about. You know, uh, you know But that's more of like a dagger, isn't it? No, they use the swords. Is that the same kind oh of my sword? God, what's the word? I can't remember oh what my that God. practice is called.
0: Ah. <sighs> It's leaving me right now. I'm sure when we're done, I'm going to remember. Of course. I but know. is
1: that the same kind of sword? Like what, how big is this sword we're talking about? It's
0: a, it's a, it's a decently big sword.
1: Like, I mean, obviously it's sharp enough to behead somebody. Like first uh, whack. Yeah.
0: In World War II, when the Japanese were in, uh, I think it was China, when they were invading China, they would uh, line up Chinese people and they would take turns beheading them to see whose sword was sharper.
1: Oh, that's so messed up. (laughs) Yeah. That's so messed up. They're
0: they're good swords. I wish I could remember what that thing is called. Uh,
1: We'll remember it after. We're done recording, people.
0: (laughs) Of course. So, Tachibana was was a messed up guy. And he decided that he wanted to try some human flesh.
1: Like cannibal?
0: Cannibal. 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 Uh, so I think, I guess he thought it was like a superstitious thing. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I really don't see the health benefits to it whatsoever, but they went and dug up Marv and they cooked him up and they ate him.
1: I've heard of some cultures believing that, um, if you eat another he- a piece of another human, that that person always remains with you, but that's maybe. more of like a spiritual belief. But these sound Maybe I don't know if that's what that was or just Do you remember that
0: those people that ate those people and then they were uh being charged and they like literally thought it made them invincible. Do you remember about that? It was like a cult and they killed these people. Yeah, I think
1: I do. I can't remember the name of the cult, but I I, I do vaguely remember mm-hmm. hearing of something. I, I don't like that. know
0: exactly the reason why they decided to do it. I just uh, maybe like to make was, them feel better, superstition. I'm not really sure. Like I
1: feel like it was done in a hateful kind of way though. Could
0: be. I don't really particularly know. I, no, know, I know I know that they ate him. Mhm. And apparently it, they liked it. Mm. So the maybe it was a few days later they took uh the now seven remaining uh captives mm-hmm. and took them out to the gun range and they took one of them and put them tied him up against a post. And they told their soldiers to practice their bayonet work on him. And they would repeatedly... Apparently, soldier after soldier would come up and they would work on their bayonet and they would stab him. Mm -hmm. Eventually, he succumbed to his injuries. And they went over and they specifically removed his gallbladder and liver, I think. Why those two things, I'm not sure.
1: Well, if your liver... like your liver, I believe, carries your red blood cells. So, mm-hmm. like, if you... I, I believe it's your liver. So, like, if you take a... If you even... Like, you're done. Hmm. Like, that... I mean, obviously, you're going to die regardless. No, he was already
0: dead. Oh. Like, they stat... Like, you know, you know what a bayonet is, right? It's no. the sharp sword thing that goes on your rifles.
1: Oh, like, where it's, like, kind of tied at the top. It's,
0: tie- it's tied at the end, and they use it as, like... So, if you run out of uh, ammo... And you'd still have a weapon. You could stab somebody. Blade, and you could stab
1: people. Okay. By. Gotcha. So they
0: went up and they would practice stabbing and him over and over again. And, and obviously, after eventually, after, after being stabbed, I don't know how many times, he unfortunately succumbed to his injuries.
1: And then that's when they went after the
0: gallbladder. And then and they went out and they took his gallbladder and his liver out. Yeah, you're right. Why those two organs? I'm I don't not really know. I'm but... really sure. They didn't really... I don't remember seeing anything about Marv, the first guy, what they took off him. Hmm. I know they ate him. I think it was his thighs. Maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, and they went to do it to the next guy, and that next guy obviously watched what happened to that poor guy and said, "I'm not going that way,
1: dude. You'd be scarred for. Like, I'm you're, not going that way. If you lived, you'd be scarred for." And life. he
0: fought them with everything he had, and apparently he wasn't worth the effort, so they cut his head off with a mm. sword, and then removed his gallbladder and liver. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And over the next few days, they obviously repeated this process.
1: So how many's left at this point?
0: Um after those two five but then they proceeded to do the next thing to the next of them and apparently i'm not sure which one but one of them got it the worst which is hard to say because they've all went through a lot of bad Mm -hmm. things one of them they didn't even kill him they removed parts of his body went it up cooked it ate it decided they want more and then went back and took
1: oh my gosh that's so sadistic -hmm. Oh, that's awful. Mm -hmm. So, this man was alive and getting parts of his body just taken off of him Mm -hmm. and then cooked in front of his face. Mm -hmm. Then he sees other people eat these parts of his body in front of his face. Mm -hmm. And then he has to suffer and live through this until he dies. Yeah,
0: that's exactly. That
1: is torture. That's awful. That is terrible.
0: Awful. And um, so, obviously, all of them eventually were eaten. And uh, after the war was over, the high-ranking, obviously, Tachibana and the high-ranking Japanese soldiers were tried in Guam for war crimes. Because mm-hmm. that's obviously a no-no. And they were sentenced to death and hung and placed in unmarked graves.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Now, there were also...
1: I feel like that's not even just Low-ranking
0: soldiers. Oh, it is. Well, now they're dead.
1: I mean like hanging I feel like if you're going to torture people like that like a hanging like I know like sometimes back in the past when people were hanged it wouldn't kill them right off the bat but I don't know I just feel like they would they should have been something like nobody would want to pro- most people don't want to eat other humans but mm-hmm. something equally as torturous I feel like should have been done to them They should have their body That's parts a good point. cut off I don't
0: uh, I, I'm not really sure I'm glad they're dead
1: Yeah obviously I am too I'm glad but
0: um, so the low-ranking officers that didn't really participate, but they either did in a s- kind of like a, st- a bystander way, or maybe in like a secondary way, mm-hmm. were charged. But I think they got eight years in prison. Wow! But like they, they weren't the ones that really participated. I think they were the ones that like kind of watched but didn't. really That still say holds anything. some level of
1: responsibility.
0: So they had some levels of responsibility. Yeah. But they got eight years in prison. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. Now, now, back to what I said about telling their families. Could you go tell your loved one, like it was your no. job to go tell people, like, "Hey, your son died in war," and then you have to tell them, "By the way, the enemy ate him," yeah. or worse, they ate him while he was alive and kept doing it. you yeah. like honestly, could you do
1: that? No, like I, I, I mean, part of me would want to know the truth about what happened, but the other part of me, like, if it was something that dark, would I really want to know? Mm-hmm. I might have just be more comfortable with your dad was captured and killed
0: that's what they just just assumed that that they were captured and killed yeah which technically they were
1: i just i don't know like part of me would want to wonder but i feel like the better choice would be to not know
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because how can you it i don't know like if you know something like that happened to someone you loved Mm -hmm. and can only imagine how tortured they must have been Mm -hmm. like it's it's hard to just Forget about something like that.
0: Now here's where the story gets even more crazy. So George actually lived to find out what really actually happened to all those people, like six sixty to seventy years later.
1: So when you say all those people, do you mean the captured American the captured soldiers? People. What
0: his fate would have been if he had not known to eject her, not to eject early? Because remember, he he didn't eject early. He knew get far away yeah. from them. He knew that, mm-hmm. and he lived. Can you imagine being George,
1: like, oh, knowing man. what
0: happened to those guys? Kind of like there, there would be a little bit of guilt.
1: Yeah, but also at the same time, I would feel tremendously blessed to have been mm-hmm. spared going through that. But yeah, like you would feel guilty too, because you'd be like, "Well, what's so worthy that I got to avoid that?"
0: Mm-hmm. Now here's where the story gets even more crazy. Spill the
1: tea, girl. Spill the tea.
0: <laughs> because George is George Bush Senior. What? The 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 uh, George Bush's dad.
1: Oh my yeah, god. That, that,
0: happen, that happened to him.
1: Dude, are you for real? Yeah, that was him. Oh my gosh. I so didn't technically, know that.
0: if he hadn't known that and he had gotten eaten, George Bush one and two wouldn't have happened.
1: Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah,
0: that wouldn't have happened.
1: Oh wow.
0: So he became he went to become the president of the United States. That's, wow. I think he found out while he was president what happened to
1: all. What a comeback that is though. Like wow. I never knew that.
0: The smallest decisions can have the biggest impacts. It really, especially can. in something like that, because we wouldn't have two of the war leaders that we had. Oh, with, yeah! If if he hadn't known that knowledge.
1: So, back to the topic of war crimes. Like, can you tell me a little bit more about war crimes? Like, what those, what the definition of it is, and what so, they usually entail?
0: Essentially, uh, I'm going to give you like the simplistic version. There was a kind of like a meeting held that was like set the rules of of modern warfare i guess mm-hmm. you could say like pretty much don't attack civilians don't use chemical weapons don't be a dick right <laughs> you know what i mean
1: yeah just like shoot and kill somebody or stab somebody and kill Sh- them. like
0: attacking uh civilians is, is a no-no right is and using chemical weapons such as like mustard gas chlorine gas uh stuff like that is a no-no especially being a cannibal definitely is a big no-no no um and you're not supposed to do that and you can be charged and convicted of those things
1: so basically if in, you're
0: technically in war war i think it was one or two i'm not i think it was one everybody just kind of threw that out the window and that was why it was pretty brutal because they went full on they used chemical weapons they did whatever they wanted
1: see that's just scary
0: both both bad and good germany and america both use those things
1: so the reason why they're um frowned upon like just a no-no is because essentially it could kill innocent people or it's, because it's kind of a
0: dick move when you know you're fighting in a war and instead of targeting you the enemy in front of you you target civilians that have nothing to do
1: with right that is kind up. of it's,
0: it's a dick move well
1: yeah it defeats the whole point so basically if you're if you're serving and you have to kill somebody the rule is like if you're going to kill somebody Make it as quick as possible, basically. Mm, kind of. Like, don't torture. But that stuff still does happen, though, doesn't it?
0: It's, it's it, it happens.
1: Just, like, extra cruel what, methods and ways is what would be considered a war crime. Mm, kind of, yeah. Yeah. I know
0: definitely cannibalism is definitely.
1: Oh, thing. gosh, yeah. Chemical
0: like, weapons what, is I a mean, big no-no. Yeah, that I just, if, no.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just taking it a whole different level. Yeah. So, as I'm going to butcher it, too, so I'm just going to say what I... Ac-
0: Chichajima Island?
1: Chichajima. Chichajima
0: Chichijima. Chichajima. Chichijima. You called it Neutrogena Island the other day. I right?
1: did, and I think <laughs> I'm just going to stick to that. So, Neutrogena Island. <laughs> no, just kidding. It's really called Chichujima. Chichajima? Chichajima. Chichajima Island. So, what about the island? Do you know why it's um, forbidden, banned? I don't think
0: it's forbidden. I think that people live there now. I just think... It that, just has a dark that's history. Just a bit, it just has a dark history.
1: So, yeah. Like, that's it. Would you really want to live there, like, knowing what happened there?
0: Honestly, like, yeah. Because well, think, about, well, think about it. Think about it. Like, people live near um, uh, all the, oh, my God, what's it called where they did the invasion in France?
1: Um, I'm terrible uh, at history, so I can't help what you want,
0: You would want to live there because it's, like, it's rich. And, like, I'm not saying, I'm not downplaying what happened. but It's rich in historical significance. Yeah. You would want to live there. Yeah, you know what I mean. It has a dark past, obviously. I'm
1: not sure. I guess it's fair to say too. Like, no matter where anyone ends up, like there's always probably going to be some kind of dark history tied to yeah. our our house, there might even be some kind of yeah. dark uh, that, thing tied it's to where you live. I mean, hopefully not, but I mean, you just never know.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's creepy. That would just—it's mind blowing to me that George Bush is it senior, senior, His senior dad. could have potentially been eaten, been eaten, <laughs> and yeah, just think of how different history would have been. That is my It's always
0: the smallest things that make the biggest impacts. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Eerie Islands, part one.
0: Mm-hmm. I think we're going to do another one.
1: Yeah, uh, like same. I said in the beginning of the episode, there are several creepy, forbidden, islands. There's so banned, many islands, weird islands so much
0: interesting stuff happen on them. Like. Yeah,
1: so I definitely this will be a multiple part series. Not really sure when we'll do the next part, but it will be coming in the future. Yeah. Um, as we always say, if you have suggestions for topics within our topic range, please email us and let us know at williamsweirdsidepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope you enjoy. Like I said, uh, thank you again for bearing with us as we navigate our technical aspects Mm -hmm. of recording the show and if you
0: want to dive deeper into these topics today uh i recommend googling some of them or looking up certain things i know uh you mentioned kendall ray had really good stuff mr ballin has some really good stuff if you want to learn more they are amazing because
1: we just kind of touch like a generalized. they they both are um youtube content creators who go into things like very in depth in in a narrative format type of setting Mm -hmm. but yes um well thank you again for joining us on Weird Side Podcast. Yes, thank and we, you, everybody. Yes. Stay weird, everybody. We, stay weird. We will see you spooky peeps on the next episode. And
0: always remember, I'm Taylor. And I'm Hannah. And we are Weird Side, Side Podcast. Podcast.